Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast. Episode, I don't know. I'm I'm in Japan right now, so I don't have a way to give you like a formal episode or anything. So I pre-recorded a handful of episodes. So here I am talking to you today about things that are not relevant in this moment that you're hearing this, but but have been things that we've kind of been talking about for a while. Um, um, one thing that I've always found fascinating about the GameCube's library is just the the number of first-party racing games on the platform. I, I will say I'm not like a huge racing game fan, but I do enjoy racing games. I grew up playing a lot of them, uh, and, and I still play them from time to time. Recently played Sonic Riders and things like that this year. Um, so so it's a, a, a genre that I do enjoy. And, and one of the things, though, is that, you know, Nintendo over the years has kind of centralized all their racing game efforts into Mario Kart. Um, you, you do still have some stuff here and there, but but for the most part, Mario Kart is really the biggest uh, driving force in Nintendo's library. But but the GameCube had this wide swath of, uh, of racing games, and, and I feel like most of them are, are pretty distinct. Um, there's a couple in there that, that kind of overlap a little bit, but they, they all have like a unique take on, on that genre. And, and, you know, I have a pretty, I have a pretty, I've played the majority of the GameCube games that I find, uh, worth noting, not all of them, but, but I've, I've, I've played, you know, 60 plus titles on the platform probably, um, and, and have kind of very thoroughly enjoyed it. So, so I feel like, I feel like these five games that Nintendo have put out are, are like a really well-rounded package of racing games, uh, on that platform. Uh, so, so I'm just going to kind of go through these one by one and, uh, and just talk about them, uh, a little bit. And, and I think, you know, let's start with the big, the big old normal one, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, which, which at the time I was actually not a huge fan of when I first started playing Mario Kart Double Dash, uh, compared to even like Mario Kart 64, it feels like a very slow game. It's also a very restrictive game. There's not like jumping, uh, the courses are kind of like restrained and things like that. Um, but I did over, over time really like learn to appreciate how Mario Kart Double Dash controls. Uh, I don't really know how much time I need to spend on Mario Kart Double Dash given that, you know, I'm going to guess most people have played it, but, uh, but even though it's a little bit slower, I think it, it, it goes at like a, a decent pace. Although on this list, it's maybe the second slowest game, um, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much just, just what you would expect from Mario Kart. It's like car, kart racing action with items, things like that. There, there's a level of skill, but it's also, you know, highly dependent on the player's ability to, or, uh, you know, on items. Uh, so, you know, an element of chance, I guess. And, and, you know, I don't really, I'm not probably gonna spend a lot of time on Mario Kart just because, you know, it's kind of is what it is. I, I do think there's some interesting parts of this game, particularly with like the, the ability to do like the two players on one cart thing. So the other player can like punch and stuff. So it gives like a, a, an extra element of like, you know, physical, uh, offense to the, uh, <laughs> offense to the, uh, to the racer when you're doing two players. But when you're playing one player, that doesn't really manifest otherwise. It's, and what you'll find with a lot of these games is that there's actually like the land feature, so you can play like a bunch of the people on on one race, but using like multiple game cubes and stuff. And and Mario Kart Double Dash supports that as well. So, so yeah. But we're just gonna go ahead and go right past that. I, I think everybody here is probably fairly familiar with with Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, but I think it really fills in, you know, that 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 kart racing, you know, item extravaganza. <laughs> that that Nintendo still, you know, latches onto today with their with their current implementations of Mario Kart. 
Uh, and the other one's also a big one. I'm, I'm, I didn't really order these in any order, so we're just going from top to bottom of this list. Uh, F-Zero GX. Um, I think this one's also pretty popular. You know, despite, like, Miyamoto's, like, uh, I'd have to go look up the, the interview, but there's a... a the, the general sense seems to be that Miyamoto was not a big fan of how, like, how much of a learning curve there was to, to F-Zero GX. If you don't know, F-Zero GX is probably the fastest racing game on the GameCube. It's incredibly fast, and if you can abuse the uh, mechanics of the game, you can make it go even more fast. I would highly recommend looking up, like, AGDQ and SGDQ runs of F-Zero GX because they are kind of ridiculous. Uh, but this is really, like, the high, like, you know... You know, high speed, ridiculous adrenaline kind of racing game uh, that you might. I, I I don't know if like Wipeout really fits into these shoes because Wipeout always feels like a slower game to me. But I I don't have a ton of like uh, you know experience with Wipeout. But it does it does like I would say it's probably the most skill intensive racing game out of all the, the games on the GameCube. Um, and I think what's what's really fun about this this series in particular is just like the amount of risk that's in it. There's always this like you know, the chance that you'll be, you know, driving off the edge and killing yourself or or if you've roughed up your vehicle too much, your vehicle will explode and things like that. Um, at least from like a casual playthrough sense, there's this this very great sense of anxiety once your HP starts getting too low. And you're like, oh God, no. Because if you die, that's the end of it. That's the end of the race. It's not like Mario Kart where you just fall out and get back on or get hit by a red shell and then start accelerating again. You are just dead. <laughs> um, um, and and I think that part of a lot of racing games um, can be pretty fun. But in the case of like F-Zero, because there's not really weapons or something like that in the game, uh, it is a a more of a self fulfilling death, I guess. Uh, pretty rarely does another player really have a a huge impact on like how much health you have. So it's like it feels like just completely within your responsibility of of maintaining this vehicle and making sure you're not hitting the corners when you're turning and things like that, but also maintaining like the fastest speed. It's a very difficult game. I I think most people feel that way, and it re- I think it reviewed pretty well, and I actually think it sold pretty well. It was part of the GameCube's Player's Choice line, which I think. The, the minimum requirement to be on the player's choice line was uh, a, like a million copies sold. So, you know, I, I in general, Nintendo was not happy with how GameCube games sold. I mean, like, even though Metroid Prime and Super Mario Sunshine sold pretty well, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I'd have to look it up. But the whole, kind of the whole point between, like, the new, with the new play control series on the Wii is because they felt that these GameCube games that came out didn't meet their market p- potential and they wanted to kind of rebox them for, for Wii owners. Uh, doesn't seem like that worked out super well um, in, in the case of the Wii at least, but Nintendo Switch is kind of a different story. I feel like all Wii U games are selling pretty well on there. So, so yeah, so that's kind of like, that kind of maintains like the high speed, you know, fast, super, super skill-based um, uh part of of uh the nintendo's gamecube's uh, racing library and then we have a personal favorite of mine which this game probably is uh maybe not the most distinctive out of this entire bunch uh in some ways it is sometimes it is a 1080 avalanche for the gamecube and and i think generally people just kind of ignore this one uh, a lot of people do have a lot of fond memories of 1080 snowboarding on the nintendo 64 which I really need to go back to 1080 snowboarding and spend some time with it again because growing up, I uh, I kind of felt like the game was very chunky and slow and and difficult to control. 
1080 snowboarding to me always felt like it had a really large learning curve, but maybe I just didn't really understand the controls at the time. Um, um, but 1080 Avalanche is a lot more forgiving. Uh, it's a lot easier to land tricks. And, and generally, I think the game just has a greater sense of speed. Obviously, the frame rate's better because it's running on a GameCube rather than Nintendo 64. Um, um, but because it's a racing or a snowboarding game, uh, you know, it has that, that sense of downhill. There's like almost a sense of not being in control in some cases because you're always being pushed downhill. There's no stopping. You technically can stop, but like you're, you're not really, there's no real reason to ever stop, I guess. Uh, which I guess that's true for any racing game though. But, but it, I guess what I mean by that is that you don't really have the freedom to, 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 you're kind of at the expense of the mountain and the shape of the mountain when you're doing snowboarding games. Uh, I think this is true for all snowboarding games, though, like SSX Tricking and stuff like that, too. Uh, but in, in Tende Avalanche's case, um, it really just is a... I think I feel like overall, Tende Avalanche has a pretty decent sense of speed. It's a lot more um, readable than F-Zero GX. Sometimes F-Zero GX, you get into some situations where you're just like, I have no idea what's happening anymore because there's just like a ton of curves everywhere. And like turns where with 1080 you generally have have a a lot of time to kind of look at what's coming up and react um but it doesn't have like a boost feature like you know the ssx series does or things like that so so when you're doing tricks it's really like an offensive and a defensive item so you can, you can knock people over or you can defend yourself because uh you have like a limited amount of hp a lot of these games have a limited amount of hp i'm looking at and realizing um and you can eventually die although i feel like the the hp amount in, in 1080 avalanche isn't really a big big deal uh because because it's so much easier to land tricks and stuff like that i really don't think you're putting nearly as much risk on yourself as a character and you have the ability to basically do enough tricks that you've built up a barrier around yourself to prevent damage um um but yeah i'm i'm personally i'm personally fond of this one it's um it it, it kind of fits somewhere in the, in between of like hey if if F-Zero GX is a little too fast for you then then try something like 1080 Avalanche and it's also more skill based than like Mario Kart so so you're not dealing with much you know garbage in in the field so i feel like it's a, it's a nice middle point between like an F-Zero GX and a Mario Kart Double Dash uh for anybody who's looking for something skill based but maybe not so extreme Fourth one on here is uh, Kirby's Air Ride. Uh, this game, I feel like w if you play this game with its default settings, um, it's questionable how much enjoyment you get out of it, or at least in my case, I had a hard time enjoying it. Um, if you don't know with Kirby Air Ride, uh, basically, it's it, you basically get power-ups by eating other enemies on the field. So so it's still... it's I wouldn't say it's a very fast-feeling game, um, but it... it it has the whole like item aspect to it, like Mario Kart. Uh, but there's a lot of like little little things you have to do in terms of like you know um, when you want to charge your laser, you have to like tap left and right on the stick to kind of like slowly charge it up. And kind of the whole big big gimmick of uh, Kirby Air Ride is that it only uses a single button. So if you want to attack, you have to press that one button. If you want to break, it's the same button. If you want to do turn and do like a sl slide, it's that same button. So so there's always this risk when you're pressing that button because it's doing all these other things. It's it's slowing you down. It's it's gonna make you touch the ground. There's like this whole thing where you can like tap the ground essentially. So so you get a bunch of side effects with pressing the A button. 
Um, so in, in terms of the skills that require you to press the A button to use it, not all of them do. Uh, like there's a wingsuit where if you like tap back and forward on or left and right on the analog stick, it will cause Kirby to spin. Or there's like some proximity based ones where, where like Kirby will swing a sword if he gets close enough to somebody. Um, and you don't have to actually do anything in that case. But for for most of the like projectile weapons, you have to press that A button to shoot. And so because you're pressing that A button, it's also slowing you down. And so that means you're kind of taking a risk whenever you use a use a uh, item because you're you're essentially slowing yourself down when you're using that item. Um, and I think in the default rule set, this isn't that that effective because it kind of slows down the other player but it doesn't really do too much and you know you as the player are also taking that risk of slowing down as well so so it is helpful in some situations but it really doesn't feel like it has a lot of impact and i say the items in that game are not very satisfying uh in the default rule set but in the options you can you can turn on um the health in that game and so so it becomes Closer to like an F-Zero where you're managing your health, but your health is, is determined by how other people are attacking you rather than your, like, your own performance. So like hitting walls and stuff doesn't reduce your health. It, the only thing that reduces your health is getting hit by other people. And so it becomes this very combative experience where like, yes, you can try to win the race by being in first, or you can try to win the race by destroying everybody. And you as the player has a lot of control over attacking other people and and, and, and taking them out. Um, so, so it becomes this experience that I always call like, kind of like smash brothers racing, because there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of different skills and stuff you get. And, and kind of the ultimate goal is to, to whittle down the other players or, you know, stay horrendously far and first. So nobody else can hit you. Um, and there's a lot of like variety in the vehicle design, uh, that kind of complements each different play styles and things like that. And so, so even though like speed wise, there's not a lot to this game. And in some ways I think it's even more restricted than double dash, even though the games like you flying around these air based or sky based courses, uh, you really are kept within invisible walls for a good chunk of these games or these maps. And so if like, like for that reason, at times it can be a little disorienting as you're like flying around the course, but because if you can't see the course, you'll like smack into invisible walls. You can't tell are there. And it's just a little like until you really learn the course and, and where these invisible walls are, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating when you're you're just like smacking into random walls that you can't see. And the final game on this list is Wave Race Blue Storm. Also, I think uh, maybe the first racing game on the platform. I'm trying to think if there's anything else at launch that was a racing game, at least a first party one. But I think this was it. Uh, and Wave Race Blue Storm, in some ways, just is an extension of that Nintendo 64 Wave Race game. It's a it's a, it's a physics uh, uh, showcase. It's it's all about showing the wave physics, and and um, you know how that affects the player in terms of, of movement. And I'd say because of this, um, you know, it it's probably the slowest game because you are there are a lot of times where you're like trying to maneuver around a course. You know, like in, in wave racing games, you have to like go between these buoys and stuff. So it's like a very specific course they want you to go on. And there's a boost thing that makes you kind of go faster. But but I feel like it's one of the slower games on this list. But it really benefits from like a, a course that's always changing and like how you take a turn, even just like the slight changes in how you take a turn will affect kind of how you come out of a, of a uh, you know, turn. Um, so so you're you're always adapting to to how you're hitting the waves and trying to you know maintain a a particular line of of um 
path path while while racing forward and what's what's kind of cool is that you also have like the ability to sacrifice some buoys so you, i think it's like five buoys you can miss and then you're you're good so or and then you're kicked out if you if you miss more than those five buoys and um and you so if you if you have extra buoys like at the end of the race you can do things like like skip through a a turn because you you raced well enough leading up to that point um, so I feel like Wave Race Blue Storm is a really skill-based racer, but it's also a highly variable racer as well, um, because you're kind of are at the expense of the course to some extent, um, and and I I feel like it's it's maybe maybe more akin to like the 1080 1080 Avalanche uh, kind of racing game on this list, um, but but interestingly in terms of like looking at these games as a whole, you have a kart racer, you have this high speed high skill racer. You have something that's a little bit in between with 1080, and then you have like Smash Brothers, which is, or not Smash Brothers, uh, Kirby Air Ride, which is like a frenzy of damage-based kart racing. If you turn on, you know, damage, and 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 really allows you to like play the game in a variety of different ways. Uh, and then you have 1080 Avalanche or, or Wave Race Blue Storm, which is just this like, <laughs> you know, it's a physics test, but uh, but how those physics interact with you as the player. Um, uh, really changes how you how you race and and I guess like the kind of the overall point being of of this podcast is like like there these are five racing games all published by Nintendo on this one platform and they're just so different and diverse and and when you look at Nintendo's racing catalog these days you know it's 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 you don't really see a lot of that kind of stuff I'd say the Wii has a pretty strong uh, argument you have stuff like Excite Truck uh donkey kong bongo blast mario kart wii uh and so you have you have a bit of variety there uh i'm trying to remember if there's any other racing games excite bots i guess but excite bots and excite trucks are kind of within the same vein although how they implement the 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 game their game design is actually quite a bit different uh and on the wii u and the switch you kind of just have mario kart right now and i i don't really know if there there ever will be you know something else uh, Nintendo Land on the Wii U does have like a F Zero GX racing game, and then uh, the Wii also has um, uh, uh, Wii Sports Resort with a with a wave racing thing. But I haven't, I haven't I haven't played that myself yet, unfortunately. I should I really should sit down and try to do that. Uh, the Switch does have like that bike Nintendo Labo thing as well. That's something I need to check out eventually uh, as well. But um, but yeah, I just I just feel like the GameCube has like a really solid set of of racing games that you know Nintendo first party published. You know, once you start looking into third-party games, that's a, like a whole other thing. Um, but if you like Nintendo racers, like the GameCube's like a great place to look for all those. So uh, hopefully, you know, one or two of these you haven't played before. I'm going to guess pe- most people have played Mario Kart and F-Zero and maybe even Wave Race Blue Storm or Kirby's Air Ride. I don't know. But, but, but uh, you know, three out of five games, I think, are, are potential that you've missed them. And, and hopefully... If, if they sound like they're up their alley, you'll get a chance to check them out. I, I personally am a big fan of all of them. Um, so, so yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, OneControlReport.com is the website. I don't really know what's up on the website right now because I'm recording this way in advance. So, so there's a good chance uh, I will not know if I say something, I'll get it wrong. So just kind of leave it at that. But I'm sure there's probably some other pre-recorded stuff up on the website right now. So please enjoy that. And uh, keep checking in, and I'll uh, I'll uh, keep on updating. And and once I'm back from Japan, we'll get back to normal podcasts and stuff, streams as well. All right, thank you, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. <laughs>